It's time for the Ron and Brian podcast. Get ready to fill your ears with the latest news, politics, current events, and whatever else we feel like talking about this week. And now, your hosts, Ron and Brian. And good evening, everybody. It is Sunday night. It's 8 o'clock. It is time for episode 228 of the Ron and Brian podcast. As always, thank you for uh, for joining us. Brian, welcome, my friend. How goes it tonight? It goes very well, Ron. Um, you know, several years ago when we, uh, when we brought this uh, podcast over to live streaming, we, we, we sat there and said, when should we do it? And I remember saying to you that I felt very strongly that Wednesdays at 7 a.m. was the time to do it. Wednesday, 7 a.m., I sure. said we could do it. Yep. After that, start our work day. And you were like, no, let's do it Sunday night. And I said, why? And you were like, it's the best way to start the week. And, uh, you know, I don't normally I don't normally offer compliments, Ron. But, Not usually, uh, no. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm a hard man to please, and I would just – that was one of your best ideas of all time because I, I feel amazing right now. I am energized, and it's all because I'm going to sit here and talk to you for the next hour. Well, I appreciate the praise. Whenever you give me that little nugget, you know, I just have to just suck all the dopamine I can out of it. So appreciate that. Well, then let's get right into it. It's time for Drink of the Week. Drink of the Week. Nazdrovia. Drink of the week. Drink of the week. Drink of the week. Brian, what are you drinking tonight? Ron, I, I had this about a month ago and just could not um, put it away. Sam Adams, Oktoberfest. Um, you know, it is now October. It is the time for us to be to be moving away from those pale beers to something with with a much stronger amber hue. hue. So this That's week, good. Ron, as I did a little while ago, I'm bringing to you one of the better known seasonal offerings from the country's most prolific craft brewery. It's got a, a, a beer that is deep in red amber. Um, there's a thinner head that slowly dissipates. I'm getting rich notes of caramel, roasted malts, Ooh. and dark bread. It's bold on the nose, while at the same time being a luscious caramel on the tongue. This, well, take, Ron, yes. Sam Adams Oktoberfest. All right, take a sip. Again, I've had the uh, Sam Adams Oktoberfest. It's a pretty solid beer to bring to the table. The thing that I like about it the most, Ron, is that they don't offer it in a nitro can. There's no <laughs> lactose. This is just... Deep down, 100% a great all-American beer. All right. Kudos, then. Yes. What are you drinking? Uh, You know, what I like to do, Brian, is I don't like to go with, you know, a a multinational conglomerate that cranks out beer for the masses. I like to keep it local while also uh, getting a heavier beer for the fall. This is one I brought to the table before. It is Cape May Brewing and their white cream stout ties the room together. It's brewed with cocoa beans, or excuse me, coffee beans, cocoa nibs, lactose, and vanilla. All the things that you hate in a beer. The only thing missing from this, Brian, is if they did this on Nitro. Maybe I'll reach I out to him. I still don't ask. understand what the benefit of the night. I, I do not want to hijack your drink of the week. So, Ron, please take a sip of that luscious beverage. 
Um, you've had it before. It was worthy of bringing it back. Ron uh, Walker's still Sterling. so good. It's you know it's got a little bit of sweetness with the uh, with the cocoa and uh, and the vanilla. You really taste it. It's got a little creamy finish because of the lactose, but mm. Mm, he's going for more. But it is a good beer, uh, clocking in at eight and a half percent. So this will give oh. me uh, a pretty nice buzz as we get to uh, to after dark later at nine thirty. Which, uh, for those of you in the know, if you become a Patreon subscriber uh, at the uh, what is it, the bronze level or higher, you can join us live at nine thirty right after this podcast for after dark. So uh, hop on ronandbrianpodcast dot com. Uh, it's only ten bucks a month. Uh, the cost of two slices of avocado toast. Um, get with it. Get to it. It's really a way for the, you know, for the viewers to watching the show to be able to, you know, say thanks back. You know, we do this show. I remember, you know, it was one of the things that we uh, put into our um, uh, corporate documents when we were starting the, uh, the corporation was that we said the podcast will always be free. Anybody with an Internet connection on this planet um, will have access to at least one hour a week of um of the ron and brian podcast and people sat there and reached out and said hey listen um how 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 can we thank you for all the efforts this is episode 228 people that means that we have done a minimum of 228 hours of entertainment we're probably a little bit closer to 300 at this point everybody's counting i remember there was one episode where we went like an hour and 48 minutes I, I didn't mean we. I meant I went an hour and 48 minutes. <laughs> I was going to say, I thought that um, was you. Yes. Um, but it's just a way for uh, for people to, to you know, for, for, for a few dollars a week, um, you get access not just to the, to, to the types of stories we put behind the paywall, um, the kind of things that, you know, would make you would, would make you blush if uh, if said, you know, at your dinner table in front of your parents. Um, that's the stuff we put behind the paywall. Right. Ten dollars a month. There are higher levels that you sure. can go to. Sure. If you um, want better you know, swag, you can pay more money. More. Yeah. But uh, so check it out. Just that's all we're saying. Just go to ronandbrianpodcast.com. Check it out. In the meantime, uh, let's keep going with the best free content that you can find out there. Uh, it's beef of the week. Ron and Brian's. Brian, uh, what's bothering you this week, my friend? It this 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 one really hit home, um, Ron. It's 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 being disappointed by your friends, you know. Interesting. Um, one of the things that I like to do is I have I feel I have done a very good job, and one of the things I'm proud of is that I feel like I have done a very good job of creating a friend network surrounding me that, how do I say this politely, that really, you know, feeds, um, you know, all the different energies and the different wavelengths that I, I operate on. And I had a friend this week just disappoint me. Go Do on. something that was so offensive. Um, I had a friend who watched, um, uh, who wanted to watch a horror movie this week. And um, instead of watching it, and it, this what this was odd about this horror movie is that it, it was released on a streaming network the same time it was available um, in theaters. Right. 
And my friend, you know, somebody who I, I care about, who I believe makes good decisions. Um, my friend actually, instead of going to see this horror movie in a theater, big screen, dark, um, you know, uh, to really set the mood. My friend decided to watch this movie at 10 a.m. on a Saturday in his living room and then turned around and had the balls to complain to me that he did not enjoy the movie. The audacity. So, yeah, it was just, it was, it was, you know, to, to sit there and, and, and invest your time, your love into another human being, and then to have them, you know, just, just show that all those efforts were wasted by making terrible, um, you know, just, just an awful move, um, really shocked me and made me have to, you know, realize that um, I need to reevaluate um, who, who I call a friend. Well, hopefully this person can can redeem themselves in your eyes at some point in the future. Maybe. I mean, it, it might have helped if they uh, ever took their wife to uh, seek medical treatment. But that's not the thing <laughs> there. All right. Fair enough. Ron? Yes. What's bothering you? So, Brian, and we've, we've, we've made this comment before. This has been a beef of both of ours in the past. Uh, my beef this week, Brian, is with the New York Yankees. Oh. Um as we speak, uh, game four going on right now in Cleveland. Uh, Yankees are up three to one in the top of the fourth. Meaningless, as we have seen the last uh, two nights, as the Yankees have given up leads and lost the game in the ninth inning of both yep. games. Um, you and I, uh, lifelong Yankees fans, uh, mm -hmm. proud tradition, 27 world championships, um, yep. number of division championships, winning seasons, Hall of Fame players, legends of the game. Um, and then to watch uh, to watch them play with the lack of heart and fire that they have against the Cleveland Guardians, uh, it's been painful, Brian. It's been very painful. Um, even if we come back and somehow beat Cleveland, um, I feel we just at this point playing this type baseball have no chance to get past Houston. So it's well, first, uh, yeah. it's depressing to me, Brian. I, 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 you know, going into the playoffs this year, I, 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 anybody that was willing to listen to me, and there's quite a few people, shockingly, um, I said to everybody that would, that would, you know, hear me out, that we, the New York Yankees, do not have the skills to beat the Houston Astros, but we certainly are a better team than the Cleveland Guardians. You um, what, what really is just, it is, um, it's the bullpen. Yeah, I mean, we were up five three. Uh, going into the late innings of the game and to give up three runs in the bottom of the ninth. Um, it was, uh, it was, it was five, four with two outs. Yeah. We needed one more hit. Could not get that. Two, could not get that up. out. Yeah. It was, it was, yeah, I went to bed so angry that I kicked my dog. You know, oh. I, I, I kicked my dog. I, um, you know, I, I, I rolled up the newspaper, you know, I get, uh, uh the Long Island Newsday every day rolled up the newspaper, just beat my dog mercilessly um, to, uh, you know, it was the only thing I could do to just get the anger out. Now the Yankees may I don't, be... I don't actually have a dog, people. I just <laughs> nice don't want anyone actually that. thinking about it. Yeah, I don't, I, I wouldn't hurt my dog. Uh, the Yankees may not be consistent, but you know what it is, Brian? Our NFL Locks of the Week. Locks. Ron? Brian, 
Ron, Ron, yes. Marcus, I feel Please. like I owe you an apology. Why is that? Because going into this week's NFL um, uh, picks, I did not realize just how difficult picking the NFL was going to be. I sat there, and I mean, there were so many underdogs that won this week. I just sat there and said, there's no way that I could have picked two winners on a week like this. So I want to apologize. I haven't scored up anything, Ron. I have not looked. But off the bat, I feel like I let you down. I must have. I want to apologize to you. You, you don't need to apologize, Brian, and I can see why you might think that. I, uh, I felt, you know, with your picks last week, maybe you were reading the wrong week on the NFL calendar. Maybe you mm-hmm. needed your head examined. Uh, maybe your uh, erectile dysfunction medication was, was giving you blurry vision. But you said uh, New England uh, may be an up-and-down team. This is a week they're going to be up. New England plus three. They won the whole damn thing, 38-15, to 15, a blowout. Good. Same thing with those Jets. You keep riding that Jets train, despite Green Bay having a seven and a half point uh, uh, advantage. Uh, Jets again win the whole damn thing, twenty-seven to ten. Uh, somehow, amazingly, you keep your record perfect for the season. So I don't know how you do it, but uh, a toast to you, my friend. I, I, I appreciate the congratulations, Ron. But the only way I can do this is that you know I have. Uh, you know, just by having my name mentioned next to yours, I mean, some of the greatness has rubbed off onto me. Um, you went into this week 10 and 0 for the season. You picked two teams, and holy moly, Ron, not even close. Uh, the Bears were getting a point against the Commanders of Washington. You sat there and said, DC all the way, baby. Commanders winning 12 to 7. Also, uh, the 49ers, you saw laying six and a half at the Falcons, and you sat there and said, listen, Falcons at home, give me any points you're willing to share. I don't even think we needed them. In fact, you did not need those points. Falcons win 28-14, again, 2-0, 12-0 for the season run. Congratulations. Well, thank you. How did you do it? You know what? Sometimes, again, you, you go with your gut. Sometimes you go with your heart. Sometimes you meet somewhere in between. Oh, that sounds like a Hallmark card. It could be. Let's get one. Let's get one working on that. Brian, Who do you have this week? This week, I like, and again, still cannot believe this line. Giants on the road at Jacksonville. Uh, Giants are getting three points. Uh, disrespecting the the five and one Giants who knocked off Baltimore, take the Giants plus three, and then Dallas Cowboys. Uh, they welcome Detroit at home. Dallas minus six and a half. Take the points. Ryan, who you like? Listen, um, it's not so much who I like this week. It's who I don't like. I do not like the Texans. They, um, you know, let me down uh, this week. Um, you know, I, I, I thought that they might be a, a week seven pick. After watching them this week, I sat there and said, the Texans, you stink. Raiders, minus seven. Lay the points. Also, who else don't I like? The Falcons. I watched them against the 49ers. I sat, you know, from what I saw, the Falcons might be a one-win wonder. There is no way that they can can um, also come back after their victory this week. They're getting six and a half points against the Bengals. I say, Cincy, baby, the only way to go. 
All right. I like uh, I like where your head's at. So uh, remember, bet with your head, not over it. Um, we'll be following. And also, yes. bet, bet with your big head. Don't bet with your little head. That's a good, Sometimes a good advice. Sometimes you bet with the little head, you make some bad calls. Um, bet with the big head. Bet with Ron and Brian's head. And you, you, we, we will guarantee you wins. Big sports night tonight. Obviously, we will be keeping up on the uh, the Yankees and Cleveland score. Uh, we will be also checking in on the big NFC East matchup. Uh, big game in Philly tonight with the Cowboys coming in. Uh, the uh, Eagles, uh, depending on the line you look at, anywhere from a five to six and a half point favorite. Um, right now, sports in Philadelphia, uh, out of control. We've got... The Phillies in the uh, NLCS now against the Padres. We've Water. got we got the Eagles at six and zero, oh, and uh, Flyers. I think starting off two and zero. Oh. John, <laughs> what ice? Water. All right, Brian. Uh, what should we uh, What should we start off with this week? Should we do the follow up on the the fishing competition that captivated us last week? I think we I think we start off with the update on that, and then we move quickly on. We are we have so many stories to get to this week, including we do have a um, a listener uh, letter. Um, ask Ron. We haven't done one of those in a while. Letter came in this week that I think is is quite good and um we need to uh we should feature ask ron all right we'll get to that in a little bit uh but last week where we told the story about anglers jacob runyon and chase kuminski uh mm-hmm. they were participating in a fishing competition in ohio um there they won the competition they by double i think double the weight of the second place congratulations and- to them one of the judges uh, thought something wasn't quite right, that the weights were a little too much for the size of the fish they caught. So a judge cut open some of the fish, started finding uh, what metal weights in there, walleye, fillets, anything they could do to weigh down the fish and give them an advantage. Um, so now they have been charged with cheating attempted grand theft and possessing criminal tools all of which are felonies uh, again because prize money was thirty thousand dollars that they would have walked away with um had they gotten away with their cheating well i think that's when you uh that's when you start talking about um fuck three two now Damn. yes it is home Damn. run indians this is what we've talked about earlier in our BC week fucking pitching just fucking pitching we're going to be very distracted this week, people. The Yankee, right now, the Yankees only have a 64.9% chance of winning this game, according to ESPN.com. Powered by ESPN and Alex. So uh, the two men also face misdemeanor charges of unlawfully owning wild animals. So they're really just trying to throw whatever charges they can at these folks. Well, I mean, what kind of animals are we talking here? I have no idea. I mean, I guess perhaps with the with the walleye fillets that they cut up and put in the fish, I guess they were counting those as wild animals. I have no idea. I don't know, but it, it's just I would never think that um, that uh, you know a, a fishing contest would be somewhere where it would have the nation's attention. Um, just everybody would be, um, you know, the eyes of the world are on um, competitive fishing. More importantly, the eyes of TikTok, because I am constantly getting bombarded with TikTok videos uh, with people giving their theories about uh, fishing now. I mean, it's it's literally leaked through the entire fishing world. I mean, this week I went to my um, 
uh, my local uh, fishery and I asked for a pound of salmon. And what I, you know, I, I, I got a piece of fish and when I cut it open, I mean, it was just massive, like iron weights were inside of it so that it could add up to a pound. I took the iron weights out. I was left with a quarter pound of salmon, Ron. Ridiculous. I would go back and complain. It's outrageous. All I wanted was was a pound of salmon and I got iron weights. So, you know, you know, the cheating scandal that's going on in the fishing industry has seeped down all the way to Rego Park, Queens. <laughs> also outrageous this week, uh, former Democratic House member and presidential candidate Tulsi Gabbard uh, announced that she was leaving the Democratic Party, uh, calling it a, quote, an elitist cabal driven by cowardly wokeness and trading in anti-white racism. Brian, this is your girl. You are a, you're a Tulsi fan. Um, give me your thoughts on this subject. You know, Ron, I think, um, you know, Hillary said it uh, about three years ago. Tulsi Gabbard quite possibly is a Russian asset. <laughs> um, it is very clear that Tulsi is no longer pro-America. Um, you know, the words that she is using, the, the political stances she is taking um, are, are, are purely meant to divide the country. She's not trying to be a great unifier, which, which I, I thought she always was. Um, I am now starting to question whether she ever served in um, either of the uh, Iraq wars or Afghanistan. Did she go to? I don't remember. Also, I think that little the, the gray strand of hair that she has. Right. Her trademark locks. I think that's fake. Um, <laughs> you know, if, if you can't trust your politicians, if I if, if I can't go to sleep at night knowing that Tulsi Gabbard is out there. Um, uh, defending my best interests. How can I sleep? I don't know, man. You were you were all in on the Tulsi train, and I feel that she has sure. let you down. I was not even aware that she was still a member of the Democratic Party, with, to be 100% honest. I thought she was team uh, uh, Joe Rogan. Well, with the way she was talking, I thought she was, she had at the very least, moved over to the Libertarian Party. I thought that she was um, uh, uh, taking payments from Roger Stone, to uh, give a public speech at once a week. I mean, she also appeared at CPAC. So I mm. think that, you know. That's think, the giveaway. She's not a Democrat anymore. I think when you do that, you have to pretty much say you're no longer part of the uh, Democratic Party. So are you implying that she probably was never really a Democrat? I mean, I think uh, maybe a dino, Democrat in name only. Ew, is that a real term? No, I just made it up. You have oh, wow. I could see you. I could see you pulling that off. Look <laughs> at that. William Esquire coming in with a wig reference. I mean, it's always good to uh, have at least one good wig political party reference every podcast. He's good like that. He's yeah. always good like yeah, that. Yeah, exactly. Um, not good. Alex Jones uh, getting more judgments against him for his Sandy Hook lies uh, ordered uh, on Wednesday by a Connecticut jury to pay $965 million uh, to the families of the victims of the Sandy Hook massacre uh, that he told lies about. Um, they said uh, on the news report I was watching, Alex Jones' net worth uh, was apparently $270 million, which 
is ridiculous to me, but I guess not knowing that, you know, that kind of that kind of rhetoric makes money these days. But he well, has I, apparently done a lot to shift uh, like real estate holdings into his yeah. wife's name. He's trying to claim bankruptcy. And even while the verdict was being read, he was live on his uh, network asking for money, telling his fans that he would make sure that money did not go to these families. Well, see, that's what that's the part that I think is so um, fascinating is the fact that, um, I mean, the dollar number is so astronomical. Right. Um, It almost reaches a point where it's no longer um, based on actual damages and is now more than just, you know, um, uh, you know, a a fictitious number being thrown out there just to to imply a great punishment. Um, But what I've not seen anywhere in the news is what is the likelihood of these families collecting, uh, you know, a portion of that money. I mean, right. um, it's just like you said, he's, he's, he's fundraising. He, he hasn't stopped fundraising. And yet when you, um, you know, when uh, you look at what his, his actual assets are, um, it's a dwindling list. I mean, he knew right off the bat that he was going. And also keep in mind, none of these stories make a difference. He is still on whatever sure. um, media source he's got swinging the same set of lies. And someone, you know, someone uh, on one of the media channels made a good point. Like it's, you know, we don't have like debtors prisons in this country. It's not right. like if he doesn't, if he doesn't pay these bills, you know, there, there's few repercussions. I mean, they, they certainly will go af- go after whatever assets he may hold. And, you know, I think between, between these verdicts and the Texas verdicts, and I think he's got one more uh, one more uh, case coming up that he's he will, I think, probably default and lose. Um, you know, I think it's more. A can't case they go? Of, at, I have a question. Yeah. Sorry to interrupt. But like, can't they go after assets that he had and transferred? I, you know, I don't know about that. If it was if it was transferred prior to this uh, this court Verdict. decision, I don't know how that works. Um, I don't I'm know not, how it works either. I'm not an educated man. I don't know about laws, uh, but I think you know. Obviously, I think the lawyers are going to go after and attempt to get as much of this as is legally sure. possible for them to do. Ron, I think in the world of improv, you never say I don't know. You, you, <laughs> you make up an answer even if you don't believe it. But if I'm making up answers, am I any better than Alex Jones? Yes, because I think you're making up answers in the in the hopes of a, the the general good of society. Um, you you're, you're you're not actually just telling bald faced lies to ruin people's lives. I, I mean, mean to sit there to sit there and and day in day out go on the air to scream about how a child um, murdered at school by an AR-15 carrying a uh, nut job um, did not take place, that you know these kids did not ever exist, that the parents are paid actors by the Democratic Party who is paying them to, um, to pretend to mourn for their dead children uh, so that they can go after gun rights. Just ludicrous to me. Right. Well, and to listen to some of the stories of these parents after the verdict uh, came out, I mean, you have families that were forced to move from Connecticut because Alex Jones had posted their uh, their addresses. Even sure. after they moved, their new addresses were posted. Um, you had families dealing with the fact that you had you know listeners and followers of Alex Jones literally digging up their children's graves to try and prove that there was no bodies in there. I, well, can I mean, we just say... 
But what what kind of fucking idiot is a fan of Alex Jones and is going ahead and doing these kind of things? Right. Like how like who is this human being that is going to sit there and watch Alex Jones and go, yeah, you know what? This school shooting never took place. I'm going to somehow um, show up to these people's houses and curse at them. I mean, wasn't Marjorie Taylor Smith or whatever her name is, wasn't she also hounding um, some of the parents when they oh, were yeah. in uh, Washington, D.C.? Yeah, no, she was. I mean, she's, you know, she's talked down about Sandy Hook. She's talked down about uh, some of the people involved in the uh, the Parkland, Parkland. shooting. Yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, just just some horrible stuff. Um, but again, I mean, you know, I think you had a, uh, a protest there in New York over the weekend, uh, by a group of individuals that believe birds aren't real. So I feel probably if you take a Venn diagram of the birds aren't real characters and the Alex Jones listeners, you've got pretty close to it being a complete circle. Oh, I'm sure. Oh, and those are the people that say that birds are actually, um, homing devices Correct. put They're out by the cameras. government to just spy on people. Yeah. Without a doubt. We have we have so embraced stupidity in this country. It's so fucking sad. But you know what's not sad, Ron? What's that? It's when listeners of the show write letters to us asking for advice. I mean, if you want to embrace stupidity, I'm ready to give you some of mine. Let's All right, ask Ron. This week, this week we had um, uh, a listener write in a letter to Ron... So I thought this was um, quite interesting. Okay. They wrote this one to Ron. Hold on. I just want to fix up my screen right here. Um, ask Ron, people, um, what is the email address people can write uh, to their questions? Uh, you can always write to info at the, the, the Ron and Brian or just Ron and Brian podcast? Ron and Brian podcast.com. So info, info at, at Ron and Brian podcast.com. That's right, people. We actually are the proud owners of a web domain. Go figure. Don't get scared. Ron and Brian podcast.com. We yes. own that domain, Ron. Yes, it is safe I to go buy stuff on our uh, web store to email yep. us there. But more importantly, Brian, to ask questions. What is the question this week? Dear Ron, I have to center myself. My father-in-law, who lives out of state, regularly makes crude jokes and comments about his sex life or my sex life in my presence and in the presence of my wife, his wife, and others. He once commented to me that he would be excited to see his daughter, my wife, in bed with a woman. Hmm. I have expressed to my wife and mother-in-law how uncomfortable it is, but he doesn't stop the comments, even when confronted. He claims he wants to be close to me, but refuses to address the concerns of his wife, daughter, and son-in-law. It's reached the point that I try to avoid my in-laws when they visit, including volunteering to work extra shifts at night. It concerns me that he occasionally makes these tasteless comments around my young daughters. They think he's a dirty old man. But Ron, I can't stop being around him. But my wife and mother-in-law overlook his comments and think the world of him. Am I overreacting, Ron? How do I continue to interact with him given my distaste for him? Ron, help me. Creeped out in Georgia. Ron, what um, advice do you have for our listener? Well, I think, and I'm going to say, is I don't, you know, I understand that he wanted to be anonymous. I don't know if he's from Georgia. I want to say this letter was written by Jared Kushner. Uh, it seems to track that this may be about our former president and his daughter, Ivanka. I could understand that. Uh, I, I think you need to really have an intervention of some sort. Uh, that is, that is, uh, that is, uh, even for, that's even something we wouldn't talk about on after dark. It's even too taboo for that. 
And I think you just need to get right. yourself away from the situation. Um, yeah, I'm not even sure what what type family that would be normal or accepted in. Well, I mean, we're talking a family in Georgia. True. I mean, if you're looking at Georgia standards, um, you know, it's it's par for the course. Maybe he's not from Georgia. Maybe he's a, a, a relocated. Uh, but yeah, I don't know. It's a tough one. Uh, it's a tough call, especially when uh, the daughter and the mother don't have issue with it. I would be really creeped out. Um, uh, yeah, I would be as well. It would, I would be really creeped out if this guy um, is making comments about his daughter. Yeah, there, there's something wrong with that. I think so. You think? You're you're not sure? No, I'm not sure, Ron. All right. Um, you know what else creeps people out, or at least creeps Gen Z out, Brian? It's the thumbs up emoji. Uh, apparently, article out this week uh, talks about how Gen Zers are calling out the popular thumbs up emoji for being rude and hostile, even saying they feel attacked whenever they see it used in the workplace. Hold on. Repeat that again, because I that's if you send a thumbs up emoji to someone, that so, is a hostile act. So this was a uh, so this was a thread on Reddit apparently where younger people they they take the thumbs up emoji uh, as it being uh, very passive aggressive unless you use it you know ironically like if you say hey can't wait to go stand in line at the DMV for four hours thumbs up then that's right. fine but if you say like i agree thumbs up or i approve thumbs up um apparently it comes across as like sarcastic or passive aggressive or something like that that's horseshit because that <laughs> is just that that is how they're internalizing a thumbs up emoji well, that, and that seems big... to be what the comments back were, is it's, it's really like a generational communication clash almost. What I don't understand is just, you know, and it is, just, you know, a common thing where the society's going is um, it is what's important here is how this emoji made me feel. Right. Not how did this, you know, how, you know, what did you, um, what was your intent when sending this emoji? And I think the other issue uh, some of them have is when they get the thumbs up emoji versus like a written response, especially in the workplace. Like if you're a boss and you send a response and it's just a thumbs up, they're like, you just you didn't want to take the time to type out a, a meaningful response. Yes. Yes. You would you, you, we would at, at the executive level where you and I are, we would get absolutely nothing done if we replied to every email with a personal message. When you are a C-suite uh, residents like we are, um, I get it. I wish I had your headshot photo right now. <laughs> to put on. Well, what, what are you going to do? Um, what else is going on this week, Brian? Alaska's snow crab season canceled uh, unexpectedly due to a dwindling population. Apparently, uh, numbers of Alaskan snow crabs are down 90% year over year. Um, some very troubling information uh, that is being uh, attributed to continuing uh, the climate change and the higher temperatures. First off, my question is, will there be a season of Deadliest Catch that I can watch? Because that's <laughs> my first question is, how does this affect me? And the real question is, I enjoy watching Deadliest Catch on A&E, um, voiced by Mike Rowe. Okay. Fascinating. I find those, uh, uh, you know, those deep sea fishermen uh, 
I mean, Jesus, uh, you know, these guys are getting hurt all the time. They're looking at boats that are literally, you know, just bouncing all over there. The waves are absolutely um, ludicrous. So um, also, uh, next question is, how much I am, am I going to have to pay when I order a, uh, you know, a, a pound and a half of crabs um, inside of my uh, seafood boil? I mean, you that, know how much of a fan I am at seafood boils. I, I love am. a good seafood boil. They just put it all in a ba- in a plastic bag, and the, you know they they just cook everything up. They do it to the sauce that you like. Um, you get your hands a little dirty, which is kind of fun. You get to wear that little plastic apron, um, and you get to look down at the people you know uh, at other tables who didn't go seafood boil, um, didn't get any crabs. They were ordering fried shrimp with fries. Well, uh, you may spend you may spend a little bit more. Uh, however, the expectation is countries such as Canada, Russia, and Japan will make up for the shortfalls with their supply. However, Alaska could be in extended trouble. Uh, it does take seven to eight years for these uh, these crabs to grow uh, to the point where they can be harvested. Um, there is the expectation that a number of uh, shipping companies could go out of uh, out of business, could face bankruptcy, and overall losses could total over $1 billion. Those companies that are going to go out of business, don't you think they should just learn a different skill? Pivot? I mean, I think pivot. I mean, there's got to be other stuff in the water up there in Alaska. Sure. You know, um, I would imagine there's a king crab. Why don't they just, you know, not pull up the snow crab? Why don't they just pull up the king crab? I mean, I think you've solved their problem. Maybe you should uh, get on the horn to somebody up there in Alaska. Listen, it's not the first time nor the last time that I would, um, you know, have saved the day for a government agency in a bind. Let's see what else. We're just blowing through stories left and right here. Uh, well, there were so many to talk about this week. We it was, it was the quite the week, without a doubt. It was quite a week. What other ones do we have here? Uh, let me pull up a photo. We got to talk about the, uh, the Mike uh, Itkiss story. I was asking if we could save this for Patreon so we could watch some of the video, but apparently, um, nope, you want to do it during the regular podcast. Ron, remember, I- we are on Facebook, which is family-friendly. We are on YouTube, family-friendly. The story you're about to do, spicy. I, you know, I think we have to give them a little teaser as to what they can expect sometimes in the after dark. So this uh, this gentleman on the screen up here, he's a he's a congressional candidate in your neck of the woods, I believe, Brian, isn't he? Oh, I, I'll be voting for this man. <laughs> Is he in literally your neck of the woods? Is this someone you can vote for? No, I believe he's in Manhattan. I'm li- I, 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 I'm only voting for the uh, uh, Queens councilman. Um, but this guy's got balls. You I know, thought you voted wherever possible in all of the five bureaus. That's what you that's what you said. That is only in the 2020 um, uh, general election when I voted seven times for Joe Biden. <laughs> well, yes, he is. A man, he's a Manhattan congressional candidate. Uh, he runs in New York's 12th district. Uh, he is a long shot third party hopeful uh, expected to lose to Democratic Representative Jerry Nadler. Uh, and he uh, is putting together a very sex positive platform and to do so uh, he put up a uh, 13 minute sex tape with movie star nicole sage oh wait a second so he hired a porn star to make a porn movie and then he released it and then he released it yes 
Why on earth would he do that? <laughs> he posted uh, the video titled Bucket List Bonanza uh, to a popular porn website as, quote, a conversation piece. That sounds absolutely ludicrous. <laughs> More importantly, Ron, what were your thoughts about the movie? Um, I have not had a chance to watch it yet. Um, what about yourself? Um, I actually didn't watch it either. I, I, I remember I asked you to do it. So let's see here. I did not get, I'm, I'm reading his background though. He says he's not married, no kids, um, not celibate. And he says he is dedicated to making sexual rights explicit by ending adultery laws and decriminalizing and legalizing sex work. However, uh, he also appears to target child support payments, writing that quote, men should not be required to support biological children without prior agreement. Going to be a little Back tough that up to get again. He uh, he apparently men feels... shouldn't support chill biological children without prior they... agreement. Meaning, I agree that I'm going to pay for this child after it's born. Correct. If you if his thought is if a man gets a woman pregnant accidentally, uh, the man should not have to pay child support. This sounds like a man who has been divorced a couple of times and has writing a check uh, to to at least two or three different women a month. So uh, the Nadler campaign uh, declined to comment on the, the competitor's sex tape, uh, but the Republican opponent, Mike Zumbluskis, uh, said, hey, you got to do what you got to do. It just doesn't. I, I mean, I understand. Listen, I understand that, um, you know, in today's world of politics, anything you need to do to get publicity, to get people talking about you um, you know, this is, you know, uh, apparently wasn't there somebody in New York, I think it was a year ago, who put out like a bondage video or um, it was I, I thought I remember some kind of BDSM uh, political candidate where uh, a video of his got leaked online. And we all sat there and said, no, 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 you leaked it. We know you. Did. <laughs> um, but apparently this guy's got the balls to sit there and say, no, I leaked it here. Go watch a video of me having sex. And by yeah. the way, he put it on Pornhub. Oh, of course. You know, which is, you know, also, you know, uh, just similar to the Ron and Brian podcast, free for the masses. That's right. I mean, they do also have a pay site. So you can always uh, you can always hop on that if you want. Who's paying for it? I, you know, it's well, apparently, as 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 we discuss often uh, after dark, uh, there are a ton of OnlyFans uh, content creators uh, that are getting paid for their work. And we have several stories for After Dark to talk yes. about. Um, a fugitive in Australia uh, who made headlines for his highly identifiable face tattoo was finally arrested this week after being on the run for two weeks. A gentleman by the name of James Sutton uh, has a very recognizable face, as you can see Jesus. with this, uh, this beast tattoo across his forehead. Um, he, was, uh, he was arrested. He looks like he fell asleep at a college party, passed out <laughs> drunk, and right next to him on the um, end table was a, uh, you know, a, a, a glass filled with Sharpies. <laughs> and the people at the party literally just started drawing all over his face. Why would he not tattoo this area? Like he's the, above the nose or this. below the nose, you mean? No, the below the nose, the little, the, the Fu Manchu um, uh, uh, area where he would be growing facial hair. We did not tattoo that area. And just one side. And I, and I like how he seems to have tattooed his forehead along his existing hairline. 
I mean, when that recedes, my friend, you're going to oh. need to uh, you're going to need to get some work done there. So he was uh, he was on the run uh, after skipping a court date for charges of domestic violence, assault, and property damage. Um, he was refused bail, so he is uh, he is sitting really? in jail right now over in Australia. See, that's a shame because if you were in New York, we where you know we are firm believers in um, uh, bail reform. He he'd be walking the streets right now. Here's the thing. Like, I'm I'm not a, a fan of the face tattoo, but I've seen people with face tattoos that look good. This is just a horrible collection of face tattoos. Um, can you? I, I, I'm willing to talk for the next 45 minutes. <laughs> but I challenge you to find me one person who has a face tattoo that looks good. Uh, I'd have to go. Uh, I'd have to go hunting, and I and I I should have done that I, prior to the show. I will let you go Google image search right now, face <laughs> tattoo, and you can look for, you can go to page 38, and I challenge you to find me one that we can agree looks good. Um, we'll have to, uh, we'll have to get back to that at some point. Maybe an update when he is um, finally uh, here. Look, William Esquire, Mike Tyson. That's a terrible tattoo. Yeah, I, I didn't. I and, and that's why I didn't say his name. I could have easily said, "Oh, look at Mike Tyson's tattoo," but I did not. I did not say that. By the way, if Mike Tyson ever watches this video, I love your tattoo. By the way, sorry. <laughs> uh, Brian, the, the, a more important question for me to ask: mm -hmm. What are you watching this week, Ron? I watched Halloween Ends, the final segment of a trilogy which featured the return of Jamie Lee Curtis to the role of Laurie Stroud, Laurie Strode, not Stroud. Strode, Maybe that's me. the way they pronounce it in Pennsylvania, but it is Laurie Strode. Um, you know, uh, this featured her a multi multi-generational family um, as they battle Mike Myers. Uh, this was uh, the, the final movie of the trilogy. Um, I, what were your thoughts? I mean, was it the greatest Halloween movie you ever saw? No, not even close. It was, uh, I felt the first half of the movie uh, was slow. It was plotting. Um, the second half was okay. I think maybe the last 10 to 15 minutes were watchable. Um, overall, I think it was disappointing. And I think uh, the story just didn't make sense at all. Now, Ron, when you're in the movie theater and you're watching it at night and, you know, they start dimming the lights in the theater. Right, they right, right. just finished playing the last preview and a hush falls over the crowd um, as, you know, other people in that movie theater. And suddenly they start the opening credits. You hear the theme song. Dee, 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 dee. Suddenly the words come across the screen. Hollywood. Uh, uh, you know, um, Holly, uh, Halloween ends and the theater goes crazy and you realize that you are in a room filled with with just fans of the horror genre, fans of, of the Halloween series. Um, did that moment, did that, you know, also cause the hairs on your neck to just kind of stand out? I mean, to me, that was one of the most thrilling moments of 2022. Uh, Brian, as you already know, I did not go to watch this in a movie theater. Uh, oh, you being, didn't? You didn't see it in a... Hold on. You didn't see it in a movie theater, Ron? <laughs> I did not. Being an Xfinity oh. subscriber, um, I did have it available for free to stream on Peacock. 
And as you, you may have alluded to, if you had alluded to during your beef of the week, yes, I did start watching it during the daytime, uh, only got through the first half of it and then finished the second half in the evening. So maybe that's more Wait applicable a second, Ron. after dark. Yes. So you're telling me my, my beef of the week when I was complaining about a friend of mine who, who decided to watch a Halloween movie at 10 a.m. on a Saturday <laughs> while he was still drinking his his morning coffee not not putting himself into the right headspace for a horror movie. You're saying that that friend was you. You know it was me, Brian. And your words hurt. Your words always hurt. But that's all right. That's how you want to be. I'm not saying it was a great movie. I'm not even saying it was a good movie. But none of these three movies were good. Um, this, you know, the horror genre as a whole is played out. Right. This was. I mean, I think Halloween Kills was better than Halloween Ends. Um, I, you know, the, 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 what I don't get is the premise of the movie, um, with a, another character, spoiler alert, spoiler alert, with another character almost becoming like a protege of Michael Myers for no reason whatsoever. That is never really explained. Okay. And in my mind, um, what I was going to say here was they were trying something different. You know, it, you know, you can only have so many movies doing the exact same story, which is everybody's living their life in Haddonfield, Illinois. None of them are expecting that Michael Myers will come and start killing um, uh, members of the family, even though year in, year out, every movie, Michael Myers slaughters the half the town of Haddonfield. Um, you know, there is some suspension of uh, of disbelief here during during a horror series. And for you to sit there and to sit there and say that, you know, for them to try to, you know, go out of, you know, the the the, the norm for the genre and try to say, hey, you know what, let's let's try something different. Let's do something that hasn't happened yet. Um, you know, I give them some points for trying something differently. Fair enough. You can give them points. Um, Good I, question I here, I Ron. What did you What did you think of the Rob Zombie Halloween flicks? I li- I liked them. I liked the first one a lot better than I did the second one, but I thought the first one was was uh, was a, an interesting take on it. I I I. I felt it was I didn't need as much backstory as as Rob Zombie um, felt the need to give. Okay. I thought one of I felt that one of the things that made Michael Myers a, such a great horror movie character was that nobody could really understand why he just suddenly woke up one day and became a um, a, a zombified killer. You know, just lacking of a, of personality, soul, whatnot. Um, where I think when Zombie um, started his two movies, um, he basically said, "I'm going to spend the first half an hour, and I'm going to give you the backstory right. of, um, of of Michael Myers." And and I felt that that actually kind of detracted from us. Also, uh, Zombie felt the need to make uh, uh, Mike Myers uh, eight foot four, um, <laughs> whereas you know the thing that made Michael Myers so scary was that he was just a human being who just decided to go on a killing spree. But Rob but Zombie, thank you, in Alan. General, Great question. Rob Zombie in Great general question. makes good horror movies. Have you opinion. seen the Munsters? I have not yet. No, me neither. I've heard nothing but terrible things about it. <laughs> you know, the Munsters was. I remember watching the Munsters as a kid, but I don't. It wasn't like it wasn't a thing for me. Like I wasn't like, oh, the Munsters is is great. Like. So, it, yeah, it, it, it didn't hold Were much Were you interest. scared off by Fred Gwynn? Is that what was going on? <laughs> I don't believe so, no. 
Were you scared off by Grandpa Al Lewis? A little bit. We yeah. know that you, we, you, you've, you professed multiple times that you had a thing for Lily. Well, who didn't? I mean, come on. What I did watch this week, Brian, thank you, thank you for asking, uh, on the Paramount Plus Network, uh, a movie called Significant Other, um, kind of a, uh, it's a horror movie in the uh, kind of the alien invasion genre, uh, surprisingly good. Again, not a great movie, but definitely uh, a decent film to watch uh, on, a, on a Friday night. Hold on a second. Did you say that you watched something on the Paramount Plus Network? I did, yes. That's funny because I don't think that I have access to Paramount Plus. No? Well, I'll have to send you uh, my, so my sign-in information. I'm, I'm a little concerned that somebody who has been <laughs> enjoying my, Dis my, um, my Disney Plus account for years now would be sitting on access to a streaming service and, and withhold it from me. Well, I believe I gave you access to my AMC Plus account. And I have used it. All right. But I will send you uh, my Paramount Plus. Uh, but regardless, I will say, again, significant other uh, about a, uh, a couple that uh, goes into the woods on a little hiking trip and uh, sinister things happen. Hasn't as? it? I, I'm not, I don't, you know, it's one of those things where it's actually kind of a clever little twist that they do. Um, so I don't, I actually don't want to spoil it for you. I would like you to watch that movie and then get back to me and, uh, and think about, uh, let me know how it is. I would need to have access to Paramount Plus for right. um, for me to watch. And we'll have to, Mayor of Kingstown, I think, is that the one with Jeremy Renner? I, I know he put out a great rock album recently. But I, that is a show. Now that I have my Paramount Plus access again, I do need to check out some of the series on there. The so Mayor, of Kingstown. Mayor of Why Kingstown? Does that, that does sound familiar. Yeah, that's the one with, with Jeremy Renner. Because it's a thriller starring Emma Laird, Kyle Chandler. Nicole Galicia, Hugh Dillon, Taylor Hanley. Oh, and I also Renner. attempted Sorry. to start watching on Netflix uh, that series, The Watcher, uh, about that family. Westfield, in... New Jersey. Yeah. We all know how scary Westfield, New Jersey is. I hated that show. I got through the oh, first I episode. Watch it. watch it and figure it out. I, I think it was just too, like I would have liked an actual documentary about the experience. This is just like a, you know, a, a theatrical retelling with a, a lot of poetic license that they take. And it's just way over the top. I'm sorry, as somebody who doesn't live in New Jersey, how can you determine what was poetic license? <laughs> You're right. I mean, again, it's just just one man's humble opinion, Brian. I mean, to me, it's uh, if do you want to tell the um, our our viewers what the uh, what the basis of this show is? Um, so it basically is about a family who uh, buys this house in Westfield, New Jersey. Did you just say? And then Westfield, they, uh, New Jersey, one of the scariest towns in all of New Jersey. And then they they get a letter uh, from someone that says that he and his family have been watching the house for years. And apparently sure. you find out the prior owners apparently had gotten letters from this person and they just signed the letters, uh, the watcher. So, mm -hmm. um, yeah, I, I don't know. It's just uh, very over the top. How do people in Philadelphia say watcher? I imagine there's got to be a watcher. Hey, did you catch Watcha? Watcha. Got to watch the Watcha. <laughs> Speaking of Philadelphia, uh, Eagles on the board with the first touchdown, uh, leading seven to nothing now. Need Cowboys today. Right now, Eagles covering. Bring it home, baby. I need that money. Damn it.
Anything else you're watching, Brian, or should we move on to more uh, horrible? I stories? watched some of the um, of the TV reboot um, uh, interview with a vampire. I watched the first oh, episode how earlier is that? today. Um, if you can get past Eric Bogosian, I actually thought it was um, uh, not bad. Okay. Here we go. Look at this. William Esquire, because everything involving William Esquire has to deal with booze, points out that Westfield, New Jersey, has one of the two Trader Joe's in the state that sells booze. Uh, bigger question. Uh, are there any Tim Hortons in Westfield, New Jersey? Probably not, but there is a creepy guy who's sending letters to people who live in a house. All right. I mean, Moving I would on. never go to Westfield. I would no. never go to Westfield. It's such a, it's a terrible town. I mean, I imagine some people agree with me. Uh, moving on, years ago, we had uh, talked about the, the incel population we have here in the United States and how dangerous they're becoming. Uh, we have an incel in Ohio sentenced uh, to facing, he's facing life in prison after pleading guilty uh, to plotting to slaughter 3,000 sorority girls at an Ohio university. Uh, this gentleman here, Trey Ganko. Uh, he wrote a manifesto in which he said he wanted to slaughter women, quote, out of hatred, jealousy, and revenge, and referred to death as the great equalizer, according to court documents. Um, he pled guilty to uh, planning to shoot up the unnamed university on Tuesday, um, and he now awaits sentencing. Like it says, he could face up to life in prison. And somehow Alex Jones is walking the streets. Um, this guy should go to jail right off the bat for wearing a bright orange sweatshirt. I mean, <laughs> that, that right off the bat, the fashion police should be all over this man. Also, from a technological perspective, doesn't know that when taking a mirror selfie, you always turn the flash off. There you go. Um, in 2019, he bought tactical gloves, a bulletproof vest, a hoodie bearing the word revenge, cargo pants, a Bowie knife, a skull face mask, two Glock 17 magazines, a 9mm Glock clip, and a holster. You know what would have made this man um, less filled with rage and hate? Uh, what's that? Had he seen the video that um, New York Council candidate <laughs> Mike, Mike Gitkis. Gitkis uploaded to Pornhub of him having sex with a porn star, um, after watching that 12 minutes, this kid would be um, absolutely uh, of the mindset that mass murder is never the way to go. Mike Itkis bringing all people together, peace for all humanity. I mean, I think in general, uh, we can all agree that mass murder is bad. You would hope. Well, I think also it's just the idea of, um, you know, these um, involuntary, involunt involuntary or involuntarily celibate. In involuntary celibate. I thought it was involuntarily. Does, that just sounds grammatically more correct. Uh, it could be either. But I think you get either way. either way. Just the idea of, you know, is the fact that, you know, they're and this just speaks to the narcissism of, um, you know, of the collective American male um, is the fact that if they're not having sex where women are not finding them desirable, well, then the only way that that's possible is for the women of America to be wrong right. and to not see the genius and what's so amazing about these guys. I mean, the first question I would normally have and had multiple times throughout my um, college career was why aren't women having sex with me? You know, and then you have to reevaluate yourself to sit there and say, what energy am I putting out there? You know, what personality am I out there? You know, what is it that women are looking for and why aren't they having sex with me? I mean, instead, I, you know, this kid decides, you know what? 
fuck all these women. I'm going to kill 3,000 of them. Yeah, it was it was never a mystery to me uh, my entire life why women did not want to have sex with me. Like, it was never a question. Like, I'm still... That's because sh- you were always having sex. Right? I'm still shocked to this day that uh, I, I found a woman to marry me. Still shocked. Well, I mean, she's a, she's, she's a wonderful woman. She is, without a doubt. Without a doubt. Yankees get another run on the board. Uh, four to two now. Four two Yankees. All right, we'll take it. Right now, they have an eighty two point nine percent probability <laughs> of winning this game, according to our fine people updating us constantly over at ESPN Analytics. They are getting a sack fly to left. Staying in Ohio, we have a former Ohio high school teacher's assistant and softball coach who has pled guilty to charges related to a uh, sexual relationship with a student. Uh, She reportedly begged the student not to tell authorities about. This is Ashley Risen, 31, an employee at New Miami High School, facing five years in jail after pleading guilty to sexual battery and gross sexual imposition. Uh, in regards to allegations, she had sex with a 17-year-old student, uh, apparently eight times, eight different times, in April of 2021. Ron, there's nothing gross about this woman having sex with one of her students. That's all I'm going to say. Nothing <laughs> gross so? about it. All right. Nothing gross. Well, she is. We, uh, and I'm, you know, I, I realize I'm going to I'm going to catch some flack here from the probably. the woke the woke police. But does it say in the article whether the student was a male or female? Um, it does not uh, state at all. It does not uh, apply any pronouns to the individual. She was a coach on the girls' softball and basketball teams. Um, so it was a girl. But it, it was, was only it was only one victim. Uh, but they do not clarify if it was a male or female student. Interesting. I'm going to say it was a female student willing to put up ten bucks on this. If anybody wants to take the other side. And anyone, anyone want any of that action? Uh, email info at Ron and Brian Podcast dot com. Brian, I'll we've got I'll take back. we've got a uh, a I don't want to call it a great Florida story, but it is a very Florida Florida story, and this is of two Florida dads accused of shooting each other's daughters in a road rage incident. Brian, you brought this uh, story to the table. Yeah. tell us what happened here. So you've got these two fathers are driving down a Florida highway with their daughters, different cars. It happens to just be coincidental father, daughter. Um, In about 20 years from now, these daughters' husbands are going to be writing the podcast. Dear Ron, my my, my father-in-law is making inappropriate comments about my wife. Um, These guys are driving. They get into a road rage incident. They are bumping vehicles against each other as opposed to bumping swords, which is a whole – that's a story we're going to be talking about on After Dark. Only $10 a month. Um, if you want to subscribe to the Patreon, um, but these guys are, are driving dangerously. They're brake checking each other. That's right, Ron. I know the term brake checking. Impressive. May not be driving, may not be on the road, but I know what a brake check is. Brake <laughs> checking, um, basically asking to get you know into an accident. Finally, one pulls over, um, immediately exits his vehicle with a gun. Other guy pulls his car over, runs out. He, of course, because this is Florida, he's also armed with a handgun. Both these men just start shooting at each other. And because the story is Florida, not only do they miss each other, but their shots hit the daughter of the man that they're shooting of. How does that happen? 
Uh, yeah, that that I'm not sure. So you've got a, uh, I believe a, a five-year-old was shot in the leg uh, while another bullet hit the 14-year-old daughter in the back, causing a collapsed lung. Jesus, this is, I mean, I listen, I know I'm going to catch heat on this, but this is what happens when you have no gun control. You have stupid people with um, with guns. Um, first off, this man with his with the beard on the left, his hair is receding very quickly. He's going to be in the same hair club as the guy on the right. These two men have more in common that, than, than they thought. They should be working together, not against each other. Now, what's amazing is after each child was shot, the two of them pulled over and just start, and argued face to face. So neither yes. one said, my child is shot. Nope. Maybe we should go to a hospital. Correct. No, both of them were like, let's, and, it, and there was a police car there too. They're like, let's pull over by the police car and continue this argument with our children bleeding in our vehicles. Well, this is the, you know, this is one of the issues that I, you know, that one of the problems that we is, is going on in America right now. It's just this refusal to believe you've done anything wrong. Right. You know, it is this, this clinging to this idea of I'm the victim here. I've been wronged. Um, and then, uh, you know, just this, this, it's, it's, they, there's this blind faith that they're putting in, you know, their victimhood that, you know, even after you have shot wildly at a man's car and shot his daughter, um, you should pull over to a police officer, explain what happened, and he's going to side with you. Right. Well, both of them were arrested by the officer, charged with felony attempted murder, uh, and both uh, released on bail. Unbelievable. These guys should not be um, should not be out. These right. guys belong in jail. Um, and I think, you know, we're, we're running up towards the time that we normally end, but I think we would be remiss if we did not do at least one celebrity obituary. And that is for the legend, Angela Lansbury, uh, stage, screen, Broadway, leaving us this week at the age of 96. Ron, you also left out that she um, was an author. Um, oh, you know, my, she, my um, she wrote so many books when she was living up in Cape Cove. Um, in uh, Northeast America when she was, uh, you know, I believe she was really good friends with Tom Bosley, um, who was the mayor of that town or the sheriff. Um, you're not going to help me here whatsoever. I'm not going to help you at all because I, I like when you go down Bastard. these pathways sometimes. And... Bastard. But tell us. Uh, she was Jessica Fletcher on. Jessica um, Fletcher and Murder, She Wrote. Probably what most of the. That show. Murder, She Wrote was, for me, the trigger for my school anxiety. Because Murder, she wrote, she wrote was on Sundays from 7 to 8. And I knew at 8 o'clock was when my parents said, would basically say to me, okay, time to wind down. Um, go brush your teeth. Put your pajamas on. The weekend is over. Go to bed. You have now five days of school ahead of you. That So as soon as you know Jessica Fletcher was starting to point out who the real killer was, right. that's when I knew. Start panicking because my school, <laughs> I had a week of school ahead. Um, and tell tell the the Manson story because that was like oh. a, a side story that got put into a lot of her obituaries, which I had no idea about. So in the late sixties, she is living with her husband in um, uh, in the Los Angeles area. She her daughter, who um, I don't know if you want to pull up a, a photo of the daughter. Daughter's had a rough life. Okay, I'll try. Keep going. It's, I think it's in the uh, one of the stories I put up um, on the uh, on the Google Doc. 
Um, so the daughter starts falling around with this, uh, you know, bad pe- bunch of people who are all doing drugs and whatnot. And um, apparently um, uh, her son, Angela Lansbury's son, is also involved in drugs. Uh, but the daughter was was really starting to scare Angela Lansbury. Zoom in on the daughter if you can. Um, like, no offense, but this is one of those few cases where the mother looks better than the daughter. <laughs> okay. The, the, daughter, the daughter looks like she's about 20 years older than Angela Lansbury in this photo. This, people, is why you do not do hard drugs. Um, I, I, that's not even a joke. She, you know, openly uh, struggled with addiction for years. And drugs right. take a toll. This is that's the physical embodiment. On the left, drugs. On the right, no drugs. Um, anyway, so Angela Lansbury starts getting worried for her um, for her daughter. She's falling in with this wrong crowd, and she's struggling to figure out a way to get her daughter to stop hanging out with these people. Um, to the point where she started getting so scared of these people and the effect they were having on her daughter that she literally packed up her whole family and moved from California to, I believe it was Ireland. Yes. Um, where um, she just relocated her family to basically get them away from all the bad influences. And these people that her daughter was hanging out with were the Manson family, Charles Manson, um, who uh, would go on a a short period afterwards um, to slaughter, I believe it was five people in California to bring on Helter Skelter. I mean, smart choice on her part. I mean, her her daughter could very well be be sitting in prison right now uh, if she hadn't done that. Speaking of sitting in prison, you know who's still in prison right now, Ron? Uh, who's that? You don't know who? I, I hope you'll tell me. <sighs> okay, I lined up these stories right next to each other. Patricia Krenwinkel, <laughs> um, California Governor Gavin Newsom, rejected the parole recommendation um, put forth by the California Parole Board that um, Manson family member Patricia Krenwinkel received parole. She had been denied 14 straight times. However, the 15th time she went up in front of the board, um, she accepted, um, you know, that Mr. Manson was racist and his uh, apocalyptic ideologies were wrong. She claimed that she was a victim of Manson's abuse. Um, And she basically sat there and said, you know, she has been, um, uh, what's the word, Uh, not reconciled, rehabilitated. Reformed. No longer a threat to society. And uh, California Gavin Newsom, governor, sat there and said, no, Patricia Krenwinkel, you're going to stay in prison, you bitch. <laughs> well, I don't think he said that last part. She's done 51 years. Wow. She's the longest incarcerated woman still in prison in the United States. Yeah, she's not getting out, is my is my feeling. It's my take. Well, the parole board did recommend that she get released. Hmm. Why did my voice just crack like, get released? Released. <laughs> Can, can I can I get a release? <laughs> so uh, we will uh, we'll we'll start to wrap things up here. We've got uh, Yankees up four to two, uh, bottom of the six. We'll see if they can hold on, force a game five. Meanwhile, down at uh, Lincoln Financial Field, Eagles now up fourteen to nothing on the Dallas Cowboys. Uh, my my cover looks good at the moment. We'll see how things continue. But you know what looks even better is that after dark coming up in 20 minutes. So if you are a Patreon subscriber, obviously uh, we will see you there. Brian rocking the John Hinckley merch. Um, 
we'll, we'll, we'll talk about that. Maybe we'll talk about that on After Dark a little bit. Kind of yes, give people an update on that. Uh, so, again, go to ronandbrianpodcast.com. Click in the upper right-hand corner to become a patron. Join us at the bronze level or higher, and you can get access to the live After Dark. Coming up in just 19 minutes now, sure. just right around the corner. Brian, anything else before we wrap up episode 228? This has been an incredible 70 minutes. I appreciate everybody for um, for joining us. Thank you for all your support. Um, you know, the downloads keep increasing every week. Um, you know, that the uh, the program we put forth was that, you know, um, the Tele-Friend tele program um, really has just, you know, the spreading of the show globally has really kicked in. Um, just been fascinating. All right. Well, again, I, too, thank everybody for joining us. Uh, look forward to seeing all of our Patreon folks in a little bit. Everybody else, we will see you next week. Be well to each other. Take care. Brian, give us one final thought before we go. Uh, be kind to each other. Um, this place is a, is a, a, a dark, dreary world. Um, if you have an opportunity to do something nice for another human being, um, you know, uh, with, without uh, the primary goal being that um, it is repaid to you some way or another, just do something nice for someone. There you go. I think of no better words to end on. So we will catch everybody else next week. Thank you for joining us on the Ron and Brian podcast. We're live each week on YouTube, Facebook, and Twitch. You can find prior episodes, links to our social media, and everything else Ron and Brian at ronandbrianpodcast.com. See you again next week.